Hey guys, this is Kira from KiraWilliamsFitness.com, and today we have a very special guest on our podcast. We have Emma Einstein, aka Emma the Dietitian. Um, we are going to talk up today about our relationship with food. Um, this is so, so, so important, y'all. Um, we're going to go into detail about that, but um, before we do, um, welcome, Emma. Tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how you got started. Hi, thank you. So ironically, it was actually my negative relationship with food that probably led to me being a dietitian. I always loved cooking and things growing up as well. Um, but then once I reached high school, I got into all the Pinterest diets and these really restrictive diets, calorie counting, over-exercising, and just having this fear of food um, and this mindset that if I eat that, I'll automatically gain, you know, five or 10 pounds or destroy my health. Um, and I got into this really bad cycle and it ultimately really had a negative impact on my mindset with food. So I thought that studying nutrition would give me all the answers, which it did just in a very different way than I expected. Initially, I thought I would learn more about what I was doing and it would just click, but I learned more about how my body works and how nutrition can serve me and how I can eat foods that I love and enjoy. And it's not going to automatically right then and there have a negative impact on my body. Like I initially thought or taught to believe, or, you know, a lot of times I hear from clients, like if I can't eat that, I'll gain 10 pounds. And that's just not how nutrition or how food works. So when I realized I had this huge mindset, this huge mindset shift with nutrition and fueling my body. That's kind of where I got started with my account. And then ultimately my coaching program, food and you renew, where I focus on making women feel good in their bodies, feeling energetic, energetic, and learning how to take back control from food. Even if, even if they're having those like bad body image days or having emotional or stressful days, or, you know, having a day where they are struggling with, you know, what they know what they're doing, but having that good relationship with food can be really helpful. So before we really start talking about the ins and outs of like what you do and how you work with clients and how you help them make peace with food, um, can you kind of go over a little bit of what, um, what you do as a dietitian in your day-to-day practice with clients? Sure. So when I meet with my individual clients, what we'll do, and I I usually take them through a 12 week program. So what that looks like is I meet with my clients initially um, the first two weeks while they're onboarding and I help them set goals. And then, so do you want me to go through like a typical day in the life or do you want me to go through like what that process looks like? I mean, like what would someone be, what would someone expect if they, when they start working with you? Okay. Yeah. So one thing I for sure do is go through a diet history. This is one thing that's very important for me to understand and also get a better glimpse at your relationship with food um, before we can even set goals around nutrition or food. So we go through diet history, you know, what has worked in the past, 
um, what their perspective on nutrition is, and also making sure that a client and me are aligned with our goals. Um, we want to make sure that their values are with me because I'm not a lose 10 pounds fast kind of program. I really try to focus on the relationship with food and practicing mindful eating and, you know, nutrition strategies that will last for the long haul. So usually they'll start, we'll do a call, touch base, make sure that, you know, our goals will align and then we'll do an initial consult. So they'll fill out a consult form with me. We'll have about an hour long session, set goals, and then we'll meet again the next week. And then every other week after that, we'll have a call and I do a check-in on the weeks we don't meet. I also have clients text me like before they go out to a restaurant, if they're stressed and we can kind of set a game plan or if they have a wedding or going to a bachelorette party. So we can set goals and intentions for the weekend and also help to manage some of those, those unexpected things that may happen and making sure we have a good mindset going into those events that sometimes can lead us to feel guilty or lose control. Okay. So it sounds like what you do, you know, it does include, you know, the, the education around nutrition and helping people set themselves up for success with a healthy meal plan, but also going deeper and looking at that relationship with food, correct? Yes. So we definitely talk about the science behind nutrition and how this may be different, you know, how different foods may make them feel. And we talk about why they eat what they eat, what they eat, and then also why things have not worked in the past for them. Man, you know, like I remember when I first started, started, um, as a personal trainer and as a coach, I feel like things have shifted so much since then, which is amazing because we can't just like, Hey, all right. So I want you to wake up in the morning and eat two eggs with spinach and half a cup of oatmeal. And then at lunch, you know, eat this. If you, we can't just like expect people to have this follow through just because we said so there's so many reasons that somebody eats different things from, you know, it's not just as simple as like, okay, eat this and you're going to be good. You know, I'm exactly, I'm just so happy that there are people like you in this space that is, that can help people eat the things that they, you know, like when I say should be eating, like I, I say that in quotations, like, you know, eating in alignment with your goals. Um, but like, we need to go so much deeper with people. So I'm just really grateful for, for you, um, Emma, and being in the space and helping people in that capacity. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. It's very rewarding when I get a client to say, I haven't thought about food 24 seven. I feel like I'm fueling myself and I feel like I'm allowed to eat things I love, but I also don't feel like I have to eat something because it's right in front of me. Those are the things that make me happy because one, they're getting confidence with food. They're allowing themselves to have things they love and they're feeling great in their bodies. So using food for them and not, you know, using it as something that's pitted against them. So, um, I know you talk a bit on your Instagram about, um, mindful eating. Um, and for those of you guys listening, if you want to go deep into mindful eating, I do have a podcast about that with Kate Mann from LRD Academy. So y'all might want to check that out there, but anyhow, um, back to you, Emma, um, what does mindful eating mean to you? 
Yeah. So mindful eating is an awareness of your eating experience. So that could be a meal or a snack. I always tell my clients mindful eating seems like something that should just come naturally to us, but it's really a practice. And um, especially after a lot of my clients have had a history of chronic dieting and this poor relationship with food. So we really have to be intentional about trying to practice some of this mindful eating strategies. So being aware of your mealtime experience, this is being aware of the taste, texture, flavors of food, also being aware of your surroundings, the environment, and the physical, mental, and emotional experience that are happening while we are eating. So we want to make sure with our mindful eating that we're using a non-judgmental approach to the meal experience or the snack experience. And this can help to remove some guilt around the food that you're deciding to eat because you're better under understanding why you are eating the food that you're eating, why your body may need a a snack and how your body is going to respond with, to respond to the food that you eat or the selection that you made. So we want to, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so making mental notes is something that can kind of help people moving, you know, like, Oh, I ate this and this is how I felt make a mental note about that. And that can kind of help you go going forward. Yeah. Being, yeah. Taking mental notes and cues, especially with women, I will talk to them about hunger and fullness cues a lot. We'll go in depth about this. A lot of times we feel guilty for feeling full. And I always tell them that's a normal feeling to feel full after a meal and also being aware if someone has struggled with restricting all day and then really overeating at night, being aware and teaching your body what normal fullness feels like. So not getting to that point of feeling sick or uncomfortable, but just a normal fullness cues and being able to identify that as well. Um, a lot of women too, with snacks or something like that, it would be, we can practice mindful eating by having them sit down and look at what they're putting into their body. So plate your meal, look at it and really take time to notice a flavor of it, a texture of it. And this is going to almost slow the meal down and make you hyper aware or more aware of what is going on physically while you're eating. So do you notice your hunger fullness cues? Do you notice how your mouth salivating or emotionally? If you are in touch with, oh my gosh, I'm really stressed. I just had a busy day at work. Being aware that a lot of times after this, I may go eat mindlessly. So being aware of the situations that tend to to lead you to mindlessly eating and being aware of what's going on while you're eating um, and emotions play a a big role in that. We want to also be in touch with your emotions and know what happens physically when you have emotions. And those can be negative or positive, but we talk a lot about that as well with my clients, because this is a lot of times where that lack of control comes from. So, and you kind of tie, do you tie this stuff into, um, you know, like, not, not like, oh, you know, here's a set of macros. I want you to follow these macros, but do you tie this in with, you know, helping someone pair proteins with carbs, for example, um, and kind of get into the details there with nutrition? Yes. So we talk about being mindful in the mealtime experience. And then we also talk about this paired with incorporating nutrition strategies. So if you start to take notes or be mindful of, okay, I know this food, or if I eat 
this really quickly, my body feels like this after, and that's not a very good feeling. So I'll tell my clients like one, what do you want to eat? What is going to taste good to you? What flavors do you enjoy? Which you start to notice more of with mindful eating, recognizing what satisfies you and two, how will this food make you feel? And a lot of times that has to do with nutrition for my clients. So we talk about nutrition strategies and goals a lot of times women need more protein or a lot of times it's adding more calories to the front of the day because they're not used to eating more at the beginning of the day. So having them eat a little bit more calories and having those balanced plates could be a, a something we pair with that mindful eating. So we also want my, I also want my clients to be mindful of their eating, but we also talk about you know, being mindful of their time, their, their schedule, their finances, their routine, and what's going to work for them in order to implement some of these nutrition strategy strategies. So I, I pair the two together. Yes. Okay, great. So it's, it's a little bit of everything, um, which again, you know, like I said, I'm just super grateful that there's people like you in this space that are taking this approach and not just saying, okay, well, you need to eat 1800 calories today, Judy. And then expect you to be like, okay, I can do that. You know, it's just, it's just not that simple. And I like it too, because, you know, there are going to be times, like you said, that you're going to go to a birthday dinner or something. And, you know, despite what the food is, mindfulness can put you in the driver's seat and you're able to be like, oh, I'm actually full. I don't have to finish this. I know I can have it later too. So I don't need to have this last supper mentality when it comes to my food and make the decisions like, okay, maybe can I add some veggies to my pizza and make this more of a balanced meal if you're out to pizza with some girlfriends. So it's pairing the two together that puts you in the driver's seat to make smart nutrition decisions for you and your goals and what feels good for your body. And also to be present at the meal and not feel like you're losing control or all of a sudden where the whole bag of chips go or whatever that food may be that you feel like you lose control with. I I do have one other question for you. Um, just in regard to losing control. Sure. Um, so I have had a few clients who like on the weekends, you know, they're like, they're out on the boat and they have some seltzers or, you know, they go out to dinner and they have wine and like alcohol is is so tough because you can practice awareness and like be a master of it. And you can like have logically like, okay, you know, I I feel really, I feel really good. I feel satisfied. I feel satiated, but like you throw alcohol in the mix and a person who is like a master at this, it like can completely screw them up. Do you have any helpful tips for, for that kind of situation? So with alcohol, a lot of times with my clients, I, that's one thing we talk about is like, how many drinks is it typically? Um, and I've gotten all sorts of answers. So I don't, you know, have, I always like no judgment, but like, how much do you typically drink? And then like on a weekend out or a boat day, like how many drinks would you drink? We really talk about setting intentions beforehand. So that could be like, I want to have, I intend to have and I have them give me a range kind of, of, let's say 
three to four drinks. If that's a day on the boat that you want to stick to three to four drinks, this tends to help usually because one, you have a mindset going in that that's what you're going to have. Um, when it comes to alcohol, cause as soon it can be really easy to go overboard with the alcohol, especially once you get a f- few drinks in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we talk about, you know, drinks that will make you feel good in terms of afterwards as well. So I usually am inform my clients, let's start with, you know, if you're at a cocktail bar and there's one drink that you really love, like get it, enjoy it. And then let's try to switch to some lower sugar drinks that maybe won't make you feel as sick later the next day. Um, whatever that may be for the client. And so we set that intention. And then I also talk to them about nourishing themselves before they drink alcohol. When we save up the calories, that's when we a lot of times lose control, especially if you have some drinks in you. So if you know you're going to drink and drinking is caloric, and if you're trying to save up calories for going out to drink, a lot of times you'll end up eating way more because your body's so hungry. So I always, you know, make sure they get their protein and their veggies in, um, and make sure that they're not going to dinner or the cocktail hour famished because that's when we're going to lose control later on. Yep. And I mean, and overall it just kind of lowers your inhibitions too. So it's like, um, I know for myself, I will sit at a table and there can be every chip product in the world in front of me. And it doesn't appeal to me. You give me two or three margaritas and I'm eating chips. So it like, it definitely lowers your inhibitions too. Yes. And so we talked too about, you know, if you not feeling guilty for enjoying a night out and yeah, it does lower inhibitions. And that's one reason why we really talk about before making sure we are eating balanced earlier in the day. Um, but also making sure you're nourishing yourself properly the next day too. So it's not going and restricting the next day because you had an extra drink or you went to Waffle House is, or I'm in Atlanta. So that's where a lot of people will go late at night with some friends and may have, you know, over eight past your hunger fullness cues or, um, you know, got an extra to eat than you typically would. So really being able to tune into your body, because if you're eating a late night meal, let's say, um, or eating more than typical, you're probably not going to be as hungry the next morning as you usually would be. So being able to tune in with your body while still nourishing yourself the next day without feeling that guilt too. I see. I, that's very helpful. I mean, I, I don't ever, I guess I never really thought about it from a caloric standpoint, but that definitely makes a lot of sense. And, um, I know about that raisin toast and that fake butter. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't even want to know what that butter is made out of, but that raisin toast is definitely good. (laughs) Um, so I work with a lot of women who are, they're kind of scared to eat. So they struggle there. Um, they under eat chronically and that, you know, ultimately, you know, can cause damage to the metabolism, sometimes even the thyroid. Um, so in order to help get these women, the results that they want, we ultimately need them to eat more, but that can be really scary for them. So what would you suggest being the first step for someone who's ready to make that change? Yeah. So many women I speak with are scared to eat more. A lot of times too, 
it's just something about the beginning of the day or the, you know, before the 5 PM, when they get home from work, they like to save up their calories, but this leads to a nasty cycle. So one thing I make sure we do is set small goals with clients. I really focus. I have different pillars in my program. So stability is one of my one of my pillars. So we try to set small nutrition goals to get their nutrition and their routine consistent and stable. Um, So for instance, if someone is really scared to start implementing carbohydrates, we talk about ways we can get them to slowly add this in. And also then we can reflect together how that felt. So maybe it is adding even something like a banana. Like a lot of people are scared of bananas, adding that in to their breakfast and maybe adding in some brown rice to their salad, bulking their salad at lunch. And then I'll talk to them about how this feels, how it impacted their energy, their cravings, maybe even their digestion. So trying to do these small goals to help them eat a little bit more than that, than they were used to. So we don't need to, you know, completely change the diet overnight because that's going to overwhelm them um, or overwhelm my clients. So trying to find these small changes, see how your body feels and also realizing, you know, eating some brown rice or eating a dinner roll is not going to, you know, automatically result in this huge body change. Like a lot of times we think it will be. So trying to make those small changes and really trying to notice like, how your body reacts to it. And, oh, this gave me more energy or I didn't end up coming home and snacking on all the food in the cabinet. I was able to have a good appetite or eat and then feel fueled through the rest of the afternoon. You talk a lot about awareness. Do you have um, your clients do anything formal, like write a, like a food, not just food journal, but maybe like you know, what they ate, but also beside it, like how it made them feel. Yes. So I have my, well, in the first part too, I have clients and this depends on the client too, because like we talk about relationship with food also, like if they have certain goals, we talk about, okay, how do you feel using like my fitness pal? How do you feel using a food journal? So it depends on the client and what their relationship is, um, which is based for my program, like with calorie tracking or things like that. Cause I always am like calorie awareness, not obsession because yeah, calories are a thing. Nutrition is a thing. So for my clients, I talk to them about being aware of that as well. Um, but yeah, we, a lot of times I'll have them do journals if they don't want to track it. Um, I have them in my check-ins rank their energy, their sleep, their mood. Cause nutrition is more than just also like our weight that we, you know, like a lot of times we think it is, it also plays a role in digestion, energy, sleep, mood. So I have them report back to me on how that is doing, um, in our weekly or every other week check-ins as well. So we can make sure we address it and see how that has changed in our sessions. So awareness y'all, um, that's, like that's the foundation to pretty much everything I do with my clients is just help them create more awareness. Um, so Emma, why, why does healing the relationship with food need to be the first step to changing someone's eating protocol? Um, so 
healing your relationship for food with food is so important because we want to start to think about food as working for us rather than having this, you know, feud with food or having this negative relationship with food and being able to have fun with it. So, and everyone, you know, I'm a dietitian, so I know there's a lot of different diets and nutrition approaches out there and everyone has different goals and a different approach is going to work differently for everyone. Um, so I know that some people love intuitive eating. Some people love uh, like my fitness pal. So different things work for different people, but eating is something we all have to do every day. So there's always going to be traditions your family had with food. There's always going to be social settings with food. There's always going to be holidays with food. And there's also going to always be emotional associations with food. And we're always going to have emotions. So since we are always going to have these experiences and always have to eat to live, we want to make sure that that's something that's enjoyable and not stressful. We want, I want my clients to be able to understand how their body works and also enjoy the experience of their meals since it's something they're going to have to do every day and also to do as a part of life to live and truly live where we're not obsessing over or stressing over the food that we choose. So being able to heal this relationship with food will also let you experiment more and try different flavors, try different recipes and foods and know that it's okay to not have the same 10 foods because you know how food works for you. And don't you feel like those who have healed their relationship with food, or at least are in the process of it, ultimately achieve their goals and maintain those results too? Yeah, because it makes the process of eating fun. So it's not a job. It's not a diet. You know how to listen to your body. You know what works for your body and you are enjoying it. Like kind of like I just said, like getting to try new recipes or getting to go out to dinner with your friends. And it's not something that's a stressful, scary, or an experience that ends up making you feel guilty because you know that your body knows what to do with the food. And you also know that you're in control and know what to choose for yourself and to stop eating when you're full and eat when you're hungry again later on. So, um, yeah, definitely it can help reach goals quicker, quicker because it's, you're enjoying and living life the way that you should be. So you posted something on Instagram with sometime, um, recently that you, I think it was, it was in one of your reels and you kind of like posed the question, if you lost weight, you followed a diet and you lost weight, but then you gained it all back. Did it even help you in the first place? Um, because basically, you know, if you, if you, anybody can restrict their calories and, and lose weight, but like, that what it, what did you actually gain from that you know um and then the same thing from people who say like oh i'm i'll you know i'll start again monday it's fine um you know and then they try and go on this like hardcore diet you know monday through friday just to blow it all over again over the weekend and and create that that cycle like um how does either one of those like be the long term you know like lost 30 pounds gained it all back or you know like start it, like blow it on the weekend, start again Monday. How do both of those things hurt your relationship with food? 
so the, yeah, that's kind of like the diet cycling and that makes the mindset of food more like a job. So, you know, saying I'll be good all week One, you're creating this boring, you know, safe foods, work foods versus fun, carefree foods. So that's creating this like good versus bad dichotomy with food. Um, so you're starting to create, you know, this rigidity during the week and then chaotic and out of control on the weekend. Um, and so you're starting to have these associations with food. So that can be really harmful for our relationship with food because we want to have control of food, not just during the week because we're eating the 10 foods we know that are safe, but all the time on the weekend and during the weekdays and also making eating Monday through Thursday, just as fun as it is Friday through Sunday. So we want to stop kind of this all or nothing thinking where, you know, as soon as I have a mimosa and some hash browns with my, you know, veggie omelet, I should just start again on Monday. It starts this diet starts tomorrow or this last supper mentality where you're like, I have to get it all in because I'm going to start dieting again on Monday. And that's not how life should be. So being able to incorporate some of these fun foods during the week, if you truly are having a craving for them and by allowing yourself to have some chocolate at night after dinner, the novelty wears off and it just becomes another food that you're always allowed to have and always can incorporate into your diet when it sounds good to you. And it doesn't have to feel like I have to eat all of it Friday through, through Saturday. Cause I'm going to start again on Monday. I absolutely love that. Um, that's something that I practice too. And it took me a really long time. I was very much one of those Monday through Friday, be really strict or really Sunday, Sunday through Thursday, be really strict. And then Friday, Saturday, just kind of eat whatever. Um, and one of the things that I did that helped me more than anything was to incorporate. I love sweets. Um, so I would incorporate some kind of a sweet treat every single night. Um, we get, we'll get like a lot of different, like we'll go to a bakery and we'll get baked goods. And so, you know, we'll have like a small portion after dinner or, um, at least like we use, um, like Hershey kisses. Like I'll have like two or three of those every single night. And it's like, oh, I can have this and I don't have to absolutely go overboard. It's so helpful. Right. And, you know, doing the cycle of good during good, quote unquote, good during the week and then going out of control on the weekends, it doesn't teach you how to manage your cravings and how to feed those cravings without this chaos or this chaotic approach. So, um, you know, we want, it's starting to create association that you can't have fun and like the foods you eat and live a healthy lifestyle. That's not true at all. So we want to be able to eat foods we like, like Hershey's Kisses and not feel guilty or out of control with it. Um, so, you know, in that cycle, it's like, we are feeling guilty for foods that we like and feeling like we don't have control of it and then feel as if we need to make up for it in the week. And so that's kind of where that cycle starts to become really negative and can really start to hurt people. How do you get someone to see food as not just being black and white, not just being good and bad? Yeah. So a lot of times what I'll talk to clients about is just 
you know, well, we talk a lot about nutrition, which can be really, really helpful for clients just to kind of understand, um, you know, the science behind it as well. But we also talk about, you know, how our body knows what to do with the food. So trying to get my clients to trust their body again, which can be really difficult to do after years of, you know, crash dieting or doing these more rigid dieting and these food rules. So talking about, okay, so why is a piece of, you know, whole wheat bread, not okay to eat, but you're okay with whatever it may be, what other, the other starch may be. So, you know, trying to understand where they came from and what their thought process is behind these foods that they may be a little more feel fearful of, or just feel like they can't implement them in a balanced diet and kind of doing some education around that and how to nutrify is kind of a good way to say it. Some of their favorite recipes and do nutrition through addition. Um, so making something more nutritious or adding some nutrition to it, um, through addition rather than through restriction. Okay. So like if somebody's favorite food was pizza, it's like, okay, we're going to make pizza, but we're going to like add, you know, these vegetables to it. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So we'll pizza could be one of them. Um, another thing that I like to talk to my clients with is about eating out. That can be something that's really hard to manage. Oh yeah. Um, for instance, like going out to Mexican, you know, one thing I help my clients to see is definitely like if your table orders guacamole and you love that, like have some chips and guac and remember you're ordering a meal. The goal is not to get your say fish tacos to come and you're so full from eating so many chips that is going because you're going to end up eating the entree because you ordered it and you're already full when it comes so you're going to leave feeling sick and you know overeating past your fullness cues. So teaching clients that how can I have these foods like chips and guacamole, have some of it, get my taste, be satisfied and still have room for my actual entree. And then we talk about ordering too. So, you know, tacos are one that some people may call like an unhealthy food. Tacos can be amazing. Can you get fish or get a good protein on there? Can we do cabbage on there? Can we do some guacamole, get a healthy fat and have it? So you're going to get a good balanced taco and get all these different food components on there, um, where you're going to feel satisfied and also get a lot of great nutrition from the dish. I'm having tacos for night tonight for dinner. <laughs> like, so, you know, tacos are great. It's an awesome option. Yes, yeah. I definitely agree. It's crazy to me too, how sometimes there's foods like tacos or, um, even like pizza, pizza can be a good balanced option. It just, we can nutrify it. So yeah, like adding veggies, can we add some chicken sausage to it? Like I'll make my pizza crust a lot. I'll add in either some whole wheat flour, or I'll add in like some flaxseed to it just to give it some extra fiber. It tastes the same to me. And I'm just adding, you know, adding some more nutrition to it. So making it a little bit more balanced and then can I have a side salad with it? So that helps to add some more veggie into the meal. So then I'm getting a very well-balanced meal and it has a lot of great nutrition too. I can also have regular pizza and also know my body knows what to do with it as well, but try to think of ways to add nutrition through addition into those, into those originally foods that you may be classifying as good or bad. So what would be some 
key steps that you would have that you would recommend anyone do to ensure that they heal, but also maintain a healthy relationship with food? So a lot of times um, with clients, when we talk about healing their relationship with food or maintaining a healthy relationship with food, one thing we talk about is making sure that they ask for help if they need it. So if they are already working with me, then obviously they had already asked for help, help, but years of chronic dieting and hearing so many different opinions of nutrition can make it really hard to, you know, cipher what will work for you, what is actually true when it comes to nutrition. So finding a professional that can give you an individualized nutrition strategy, um, depending on your needs and goals and, making sure you maintain that healthy relationship with food. Another thing that would be really important and I would have people do is evaluate any kind of rigid food rules. So we may have these and not necessarily even, you know, like have them written down anywhere or even though they exist, but sometimes we have these food rules in our mind that may make us feel uncomfortable if we break them. So being able to recognize them, think about why that may make you uncomfortable and get rid of of any that are rigid. Now there may be some, you know, food habits you have, those are different than food rules, but any, you know, super rigid food rules, like I can't eat past 7 PM. You know, this is not something that is really realistic for the rest of your life eating. You know, there's going to be times where you eat past 7 PM and, you know, if you get home late, it'd be better to eat a meal at seven 30, then not, you know, go to bed extremely hungry that will end, you know, lead to that overleading it later on. So get rid of any food rules, especially those that could be causing an issue with food. And then another thing I always have my clients do is start to tune into their bodies, um, acknowledge one, what emotions they feel, what that feels like for you in your body. Um, and also when you tend to lose control. So a lot of clients that work with me do feel like they don't have control with their food. So when are these situations, what are the environments, what are the foods that you lose control with? Again, back to that awareness piece is being aware of what these situations look like for you and know what that feels like in your body. So when that may be starting to happen, um, think about the why behind it. Why does this cause me to eat like this? What am I looking for from if it's food, what am I looking for from that food? What am I looking for that to provide me? And then being able to tune in with their body um, can help to build that trust back and know that their body knows what it's supposed to do with food. And then I also remind them to that, you know, one meal is not going to ruin any progress that they're making on their goals. One meal is not going to destroy their health. And, you know, they ultimately are the ones to determine what food tastes good to them and what food feels good for them. So being able to, you know, I can't tell them this is what feels good for your body. They can tell me that and we can work and see what, you know, what nutrition parameters we need to set for that. Um, but if we are fueling our bodies proper, properly, they can start to learn how to feed their bodies. So it feels its best them and their food should work together. So it shouldn't be, you know, food is working against them. Food should work with them. So challenging rules is a big thing for you. I'm just kind yes. of tapping. Challenging yes. rules, awareness of emotions surrounding food, whether it's, you know, before, during, or after eating. 
um, awareness of when control is lost, what goes on there and mm-hmm. creating awareness around that. And then also, cause you mentioned before teaching the science behind nutrition. Right. Right. And then learning to trust their body cues. You know, a lot of women think I'm so hungry. My body is, you know, I can't stop thinking about food. Well, maybe that's because we didn't haven't ate enough, or maybe you're hungry all the time because we're not fueling our body properly in the morning. So then we're having these cravings all day and then lose control at night. So, you know, I tell women, like, if you had to pee, you go pee, like that's a signal from your body. So if you are really hungry at 1130 in the morning and haven't ate that day, maybe that's a signal or that is a signal from your body that it needs some nourishment it needs some energy to use. So starting to trust that your body knows what it's doing in reminding themselves to like, kind of like we, you had mentioned earlier. Yeah. If a diet if you lost however much weight and then gained all the weight back after going off the diet, it didn't really work. So why did that not work for you in the past? Why was that not a lifestyle you were able to support? This is great information, Emma. I can't wait to share this with everybody. Um, so for everyone who's listening, um, where can we follow you, find you online and perhaps even work with you? Yeah. So my Instagram is Emma, the dietitian. I also have um, a Pinterest that's the same and then TikTok. Um, but most of my reels are on Emma, the dietitian too. So that's a good center point to go. And then Emma, the dietitian.com is my website. So you can either DM me or um, go to my website and fill out a application to work with me through my food and you renew nutrition coaching program. Awesome. And I'm going to have all of that in the show notes for you guys. So you'll be able to just click on those links and get to her very easily. Um, Is there anything else that you want to add, Emma? I think that's all we touched a lot. Hopefully I didn't ramble too much. I know I can kind of go in circles when, when it comes to this topic. No, you, this was absolutely fantastic. And um, hopefully we'll get to have you on again sometime to dive in even deeper about this. Yes. Thanks so much, Kira. Yes. Thank you so much for being on and thank you guys all for listening.